And so today we continue on the path that the Lord has ordained for us, and that is the book of Yaakov, Jacob, James, chapter 1. So this is a letter from Yaakov, who was Yeshua's oldest half-brother. And it was written to the 12 tribes in the diaspora. And today we're going to start in verse number 5, and we'll continue to go forward. And this is really an encouraging word to us even today. Now if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. So, as we dig deeper here, those with wisdom know what to do in the midst of confusing circumstances. And you know what today? There's a lot of voices out there. There are men and women in authority over our lives who are not biblically accurate in what they desire for us to do. And the body of Messiah, his holy ones, both Jews and Gentiles, one of Messiah, have to decide whether they're going to honor the Lord with their lives or will they conform to the world's ways. So this word speaks to us directly. So continuing, those with wisdom know what to do in the midst of confusing circumstances, a clarity that only God can give. And I shared some verses last week, and we're not going to read them today. For your reference, that is the book of Yaakov, James chapter 3, verse 17, and also Jeremiah 29, 12, and also Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. And so God gives generously, and this means he's stretching out. It's a picture of a beautiful banquet arrayed with all the del delicious morsels of wisdom that God has made available to all Messianic believers. That's how generous Abba Father God is towards us, his children. So, continuing here. Now we'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And we'll be looking at verses number 15 through 20. Matthew chapter 7, verses 17 through 20. See, God's word confirms its word when we meditate upon his word. So here we're getting the mind of, of, of the Ruach through Yaakov. Now we'll hear from the mind of not only the Ruach, the spirit of the living God, but also Yeshua himself. So here we are in Matthew chapter 7, and we're beginning in verse 15. Beware of false prophets. They come to you wearing sheep's clothing, but underneath are hungry wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Can people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every healthy tree produces good fruit, but a poor tree produces bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit or a poor tree good fruit. Any tree that does not produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you will recognize them by their fruit.
Now going back to verse number 6 of chapter 1 of the book Yaakov. But let him ask in trust, that is by faith doubting nothing. For a doubter is like a wave in the sea, being tossed and driven by the wind. Indeed, that person should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord, because he is a double-minded, unstable in all his ways. And so what does it mean by being a double-minded person? That is a person who is spiritually conflicted and therefore unstable in all his ways. Remember Tevia? And he stood and he was saying, well, tradition says this. But then this one has a good point. And then this one has a good point. And then finally he takes his head and says, oh, they can't all be right. That's a double-minded person. And that's why we're to inquire from the Lord. Some of you may have seen either the play or the movie Fiddler on the Roof. And so that is what we should be inquiring of the Lord. Remember reading about when Joshua entered into the land and there was a nation that was there that was just over the hills. And what took place there? They put on old worn out sandals, dried out wineskins, and worn out clothes. And they came before Joshua and said, we are from a far, far way from you. And we have heard the mighty things that the Lord has done for you. So we would like to enter into a covenant of peace with you. We will be your servants. And what did Joshua do? He looked with his eyes. He saw they had worn out sandals. They had old wine skins and they had worn out clothes. He did not inquire of the Lord. And what happened? He made a covenant with them. They used deception. And that's what the enemy Hasatan does. And he goes through people, right? That's why in the scripture it says, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. We're to bear witness and share the good news with that individual, show them compassion and kindness, assist them, but we're not to be yoked in covenant with them. And there are many other scriptures that come to mind, but we're going to focus on the message here. But that one, the Ruach just gave to my memory, so a jog in your memory, so we can see how we can apply it even to today. You know, there will be decisions that are going on very, very soon. We voted in certain people to vote in a biblical way, but they make all these promises. But when it comes time for them to act and cast their votes, we see really where their hearts were. I believe that in the year 2023, those people that we have elected, that we believed, believed in biblical values, some of us will be shocked and amazed by how many of these individuals are only there to their own benefit. And do not be alarmed because the Lord is revealing these things. 
He's shaking the body of Messiah as never before. And so when you hear of scandals coming, do not be surprised. And that's why there needs to be checks and balances in every aspect. We have to be accountable to one another. There are times when we do not see where Hasatan is going to pull this aside a little bit. And that's why we need brothers and sisters in Messiah to speak into our lives. Who are therefore our best benefit. There are times when you realize this as, be, as a Messianic believer that there are members in the body, the family of God Most High, that you're more closer to than any biological family member. I know there are some of us that do have those other individuals in our families, but know this, as the shaking is going on, the Lord's allowing us to be tested. He's allowing us to go through these fires of refinement to prove to us. And that's why the Lord allows tests in our lives. And that's what Yaakov is sharing to those in the diaspora. These were Jews outside the land that came to know Messiah. He's both encouraging them and he's rebuking them. That was the order that the Lord placed in their lives. And you know, so when, when you're rebuked by a brother and sister Messiah... It's an expression of love if they're following what the scripture says. So let us continue here. So a double-minded person is spiritually conflicted and therefore unstable in all his ways. True trust, true faith produces people who are what? Who are stable. Why? Because their feet are on the rock of their salvation. They live according to what the word of God says. Not by someone's opinion. How many times have you seen politicians moved by opinion? They're more uh, focused on the polls, but not what is honoring to God through his biblical word. Let's continue. And so let us now look to Yaakov chapter 4 verse 7. James chapter 4 and verse 7. Therefore submit to God. Moreover, take a stand against the adversary. The adversary is not a political party member. The adversary is Hasatan. The devil. Continuing. And he will flee from you. So, are we just simply just to pray? No, we're to make a stand, believing and trusting in the Lord. Then he shall flee from us. Yeshua proved this when he was in the wilderness after uh, fasting for 40 days and nights. And the temper, the adversary was sent by whom? By the Ruach, the Spirit of the living God, to test Yeshua. See, Yeshua had two areas in his life. He was both God and fully man. Fully God and fully man. So his humanity portion of him had to be tested. And he passed the test. 
And that's why he said, he who is greater in you is greater than he that is in the world. Who is that he but the Ruach, the spirit of the living God, who leads you into all truth. So let us continue here. Therefore, submit to whom? Joe Biden? Donald Trump? No. To God. Moreover, take your stand, your stand against the adversary, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Clear, clean your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded people. Who's he speaking to here? His fellow Jews. Where if we're honest, on occasion we do sin. On occasion, we're very, very honest, we are double-minded. But what is he saying here? Clean your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded people. Wail, mourn, and sob. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Alan gave an excellent Torah reading today in commentary. If you notice what he said at the very beginning there, that Moshe, Moses, was also in exile. So are these people in the book of Yaakov, these Jewish people. They're part of the diaspora outside the land. And that the Lord took Moshe after he placed him, handling the sheep, and humbled him. And then he was able to be used of God. Because if you and I try to do something that the Lord is not calling us to and not equipping us to, we're in rebellion against God Most High. And so that's why when the Ruach, the Spirit of the Living God, asks you to do something, as Alan said earlier, Moshe said, I am not a very good spokesperson. What did the Lord say? Go and speak. Simply open up your mouth. See, there's times those divine appointments where the Lord gives you and wants you to share your faith with others. He doesn't ask us to recite and memorize what we're about to say, but to simply let the Spirit of the living God, who speaks to our hearts and minds, who's there to equip us and have us walk in the gifts that the Ruach, the Spirit of the living God, is giving to us. Not for us to be glorified, but to God the Father be glorified in his kingdom, which is you and I, can be lifted up. And complete. And so that's what Yaakov is speaking in this portion of scripture. He's calling them into account to humble yourselves before the Lord, and He, the Lord, will lift you up for such a time and such an hour as this today. He's ordained for you to be born at this time. He chose your parents, your siblings, if you're blessed with them. Or not, for such a time as this. So let us be focused on what the Ruach is saying and accomplish all that the Father God desires for us to do. Praise be to God. Now let's continue in Yaakov chapter 1, verse 9. Let the brother in humble circumstances. Boast of his high position. And what does that mean? 
being humbled, being poor, not endowed with great things of this world, all this stuff. And so he's saying this to them. Let the brother in humble circumstances boast about his high position. Why? Because the Lord has ordained you to be not only who you are, but what you receive from him to glorify his name. Let's continue here. Verse 10. But let the rich brother, rich in what? The things of this earth. Boast about his being humbled. Know this, that everything that the Lord gives you, both monetary or a spiritual gift, is not for your own use and building you up in the eyes of others. It was given to you to glorify God the Father and so that we as the body of believers having various gifts in the Ruach would express these gifts when and how the Spirit of the living God desires because the Ruach is orchestrating all these things. He hears the Father's voice. He hears Yeshua's voice. And he's to bring glory and honor and point every person on this earth to Yeshua and what he's done upon that tree. See, sometimes we get so caught up in politics and all this other stuff. But where is our focus in our life? The kingdom of God. There are a lot of Republicans and Democrats who are not saved. And they need to become saved. They need to be born again. That's the only access to God the Father. Are you praying and interceding for these individuals? See, but sometimes we get so, the enemy gets us off track. We go to war over all these political issues. We're to be focused on biblical things. Are we to vote? Absolutely. Are we to vote for the best biblical individual available? Absolutely. But our focus is to proclaim the good news and lead others to Messiah. Let's continue. But let the rich brother boast about being humbled, since like a wildflower, he will pass away. I've been to many funerals. I've never seen one Hugh Hall trailer attached to the hitch on the back of the hearse. But that's the pursuit of worldly men and women, is it not? Their prestige, the things of all these things. That's not to be the focus. It's the kingdom of God. So continuing here. For this, just as the sun rises with the sharav and dries up the plant, so will its flower falls off and its beauty is destroyed. So too are the rich person going about his business will wither away. Where's Howard Hughes today? Elon Musk 
tomorrow. Does not the scripture say, what do you gain if you gain the whole world, yet you lose your soul? That's why our focus has to be on the kingdom and on Yeshua. Let's continue here. Yaakov has more to say about the poor and the rich. In second, in Yaakov chapter 2 verses 1 and 9 and 5 1 through 6. And so let's turn there. Yaakov chapter 2, verses 1 and 9. My brothers, practice the faith of our Lord Yeshua, the glorious Messiah, without showing favoritism. So suppose a man comes into your synagogue wearing gold rings and fancy clothes. And also a poor person comes in dressed in rags. If you show more respect to the man wearing the fancy clothes and say to him, have this good seat here. While to the poor man you say, you stand over there or sit down on the floor by my feet. Then you aren't, then aren't you creating distinctions among yourselves? And haven't you made yourselves into judges with evil motives? Yaakov does not pull punches. The Ruach does not pull punches. One day you and I will stand in the Bema seat, at the Bema seat judgment, and the Lord will judge us on the things that we've done, but also he knows the intent and what motivated our hearts to do these things. There is nothing hid from him. Have you ever read in the Gospels where it speaks about Yeshua actually knowing and hearing the thoughts that the Pharisees were thinking about? Nothing is hidden. Continuing here. Listen, my dear brothers, hasn't God chosen the poor of the world to be rich in faith? Why? Why are they so rich in faith? Because it's not by their own bootstraps, not by their own cunning, not by their own wisdom that they've gained things of this world. So why are the poor rich in faith? Because they live moment by moment and they realize the next breath that they draw in their lungs is a gift from the Lord. That should be our daily attitude. If the Lord wills, I shall do and accomplish all that he desires for me to do. Continuing here. Listen, my dear brothers, hasn't God chosen the poor of the world to be rich in faith and to receive the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? What is your first love? Is it the things of this world? Is it your status? Is it your prestige? Is it all the letters behind your name? Or is it your relationship? 
with Yeshua. See, he's calling them out so they will be in the right perspective and asking the body of Messiah to return to its first love, which is Yeshua himself. Do you have tenderness in your relationship with the Lord? Or does he wait all week long for you to have intimate times with him? Continuing. But you despise the poor. Think about that. These are believers. He's calling them out. He's saying you despise the poor. Can you imagine when the rabbi stood in these synagogues throughout the diaspora and he read that? Can you imagine all the eyes going down? Because they were convicted. Conviction is good. It's a gift from the Lord. So we'll recognize our sinful nature and our motives. Despising the poor. But you despise the poor. And aren't the rich ones? No, he's speaking of those outside the assembly, the congregation, the synagogue. Aren't the rich ones the ones who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who insult the good name of him to whom you belong? So why are you trying to appease them? Why are you trying to find favor with them? Continuing. If you truly attain the goal of the kingdom... Torah, in conformity with the passage that says, love your neighbor as yourself. Did not Yeshua answer that to the rich young ruler? He said, I've done all these things. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go and sell everything. But that was too much for him. Give to the poor. Now come and follow after me. Add another verse to that. You are to what? Pick up your cross, your execution stake daily. Because you're crucifying your flesh, your worldly desires, that the Father's will be accomplished in your lifetime. And that's a testimony that this lost and dying world needs to see, demonstrated. Not simply with words, but living out. Continuing here. Love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show favoritism, your actions constitute sin. I just got slapped upside my head. Everyone that heard this word at that time received a slap, a discipline. Continuing. Since you are convicted under the Torah as transgressors. You talk about fire and brimstone. You talk about painting the picture correctly. Not mincing any words. 
when the words need to be shared, calling an account, rebuking? Did not his older brother Yeshua do the same? To those that were walking on a path that they truly believed to their own righteousness of being accepted? By fulfilling Torah through their own efforts? It's through grace and grace alone, through faith, that we are ever acceptable in God's sight. And it's not a work of our own. It's simply the grace of God. And that's what Yaakov is saying to his Jewish brothers and sisters in Messiah. And so should we allow the Ruach to search us out today and every day. Praise be to God. Now continuing in chapter number 5, right next door, verses 1 and 6. And we'll be end, ending here very, very soon. Next, a word for the rich. Weep and wail over the hardships coming upon you. Your riches have rotted. Your clothes have become moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have been corroded. Their corrosion will be evidence as you and will eat up your flesh like fire. This is the Arharit Hayamin, the last days. The last days. You know what's amazing right now? What are people asked to do? To hedge against inflation. Go out and buy gold and silver. Let's work it out for ourselves. Continuing. You have been storing up wealth. Listen. The wage that you have fraudulently withheld from the workers who mowed your fields are calling out against you. The outcries of those who have harvested, they have reached the ears of Adonai Zavaot the Lord of hosts. You have led a life of luxury and self-indulgence here on earth. In a time of slaughter, you have gone on eating to your heart's content. You have condemned, you have murdered the innocent. They have not withstood you. Is he not calling out? Is he not convicting? Is he not laying everything bare before them? so that the Spirit of the living God can do its mighty work of transforming them into the image and likeness of Messiah Yeshua. And we'll end on this portion of Scripture here, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 23. You were bought at a price. So do not become slaves of other human beings. Who has bought you? Yeshua. And you are precious in his sight. 
And so you have been bought with a price. And so who purchased you? Yeshua. You are precious in his sight. And you know what the payment was? His undefiled sinless blood. The only price that Abba Father God would receive for the penalty of our sins, stretching from Adam and Eve to this present day. And with this, you have been redeemed. And so do not walk foolishly to go back into the ways of Egypt, this world, but live out your lives as free men and free women in the God Most High. For you were ordained to be born for such a time as this, to fulfill what the Father's desire through his Son, through the infilling and the equipping of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of the living God, to accomplish your individual destiny and the destiny of in the body of Messiah, the bride of Messiah, both Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah, being transformed in the image and likeness and going through the sanctification process so that you can proclaim the good news without fear, without error, that will produce holiness and righteousness of, in others as they're convicted of their own sins just as you and I turn to the Lord. And as the veil was removed from our eyes, we saw our present state, lost and without hope. But who stood before us? Yeshua, our Lord and our Redeemer, offering as our high priest before the Father his own precious blood that washes away our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness so that we can be then sanctified while living on this earth. We received the first down point payment, that being receiving and becoming born again. For then our soul and spirit were redeemed by the Lord, but we await for our natural bodies to be glorified. And when will that take place? When Yeshua returns in the clouds, and receives unto himself those bodies that are sleeping in the grave. And when he comes back, he's bringing the soul and the spirit of those who have been planted in the grave. And they will rise up first. And we who are alive will be transformed in twinkling of an eye. It'll take but a moment. And then we will go with Yeshua into the clouds forever to be with him. Throughout all eternity. That is your destiny. And what is your task? To proclaim the good news to the lost and hurting people of this world. He's fully equipped you and he has ordained you. He will fill your mouth in the right words to share with that individual so you can plant the seeds that have potentially the ability to bring that person to a saving faith in Yeshua the Messiah. To God be all praise and glory and honor 
in Yeshua's name.